Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to the Outlawed Rugby League podcast. It is episode number 44. It is 2023. This ep- this podcast did start in 2019. We are officially into the fourth year of the Outlawed Rugby League podcast. Technically, it's just over three years old, um, as I did start in December 2019. Now, I've been out of your ears for a little while, um, and... I've been threatening with episodes for probably the last six, eight, nine months. But I am back. We are back. I am in your ears. This is not a drill. Um, There is a beer in my hand. You know, traditions, uh, we like to keep traditions here. But look, I thought we'd start 2023 with another guest, a, a Canadian guest. So... So upkeeping with the kind of the, the Canadian tradition of the podcast and, you know, the unwritten tradition, I guess, of the podcast, we've had the very first guests on the podcast were from Western Canada Rugby League. We've had uh, Mr. Perez on, Eric Perez, when he was involved in, in Ottawa. We've had Alberta Rugby League. We've had British Columbia Rugby League. But this is the first time that, that we've gone over to the East Coast officially or the eastern side of Canada, I should say, officially. So we're, we're, we're talking to Andrew from Toronto City Saints today. Um, really enjoyed doing this one, and, it, and I know I, I probably say that every time I record with someone, but I do genuinely really enjoy recording with people, and, and I, I really enjoyed this one because it was an opportunity to, to get back on the podcast. It was an opportunity to, to spread another really good message of Rugby League and, and kind of see what's happening in, in the city of Toronto post Toronto Wolfpack 1.0 and Toronto Wolfpack 2.0 and we're not here to talk about them we're here to talk about Toronto City Saints so grab yourselves a beer get on board sit back relax unless you're driving don't sit back and relax probably concentrate a bit more um and enjoy my dulcet tones for the next however long I've recorded for probably 40 40 to 50 minutes and um good to be back good to have you back I'd love to hear your feedback cheers guys so welcome along to Andrew from the Toronto City Saints. It is the first recording that I've done actually for the podcast for, a, well, it, it will be coming up to probably about nine months now. Um, no particular reason. It's just life happens. Um, but I feel like sometimes the, the Outlaw Rugby League podcast leans towards the Canadian um, the Canadian side of rugby league. I mean, we've had Eric Perez on when he was, when he was at Ottawa. Um, the first ever guests on the podcast were actually from Western Canada. We've had Atlanta Rugby League, uh, Atlanta. We've had Alberta Rugby League, apologies. And we've also had uh, Rugby League of British Columbia. But we haven't actually been on the east side properly, I would say, until today. So I'd like to welcome along Andrew to the podcast. How are you, Andrew? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Really, really looking forward to the chat. No, pleasure. Um, you know, I, I reached out to, to Andrew. I know they're doing some really, really great things at, at Toronto City Saints. And it's, it's going to be quite an exciting year. Um, so I wanted... I wanted to kind of carry on that Canadian tradition with the podcast. It's it's an unwritten tradition, I think is probably the right way to put it. Um, but you were saying, I mean, we were chatting just before we, we came on air. You guys have got a bit of testing this afternoon. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we got some fitness testing this afternoon to make sure that uh, everybody during the winter here is uh, keeping up with cardio and uh, keeping up with their fitness. Fair play, fair play. But I, I understand it's not the greatest of weather. So are you guys indoors or outdoors? 
Yeah, we're indoors. So most of our training right now is indoors. Uh, we're, I don't know, probably six or seven inches of snow right now on the ground. So there's, there's not much going on outdoors. Wow. And I thought it was cold here. I think it's about six degrees here. So um, I'll just, I'll put another jumper on and, and stop complaining. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, we're going to have a bit of a chat and a bit of a delve into the history of, of the Toronto City Saints because that, you know, you guys aren't a new club. Um, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, what is it, 13 years that you guys have been running for? Yeah, 13 years. Wow. So, so look, I guess my first question is, kind of talk to me about the origins of the club. I mean, have you been involved since day one? Um, you know, like I say, 20, 2010 was, was your guys' first year. So, so kind of talk to me where that all, all came from. Um, yeah, so 2010, I wasn't involved then. Uh, in terms of folks that were involved then, involved, there's uh, Nick Hales, who's our our club president and he was involved from, from the get-go but the club really took its founding with uh, Jamie Luster who used to be the Canada coach and, and really did a lot for rugby league in Ontario getting it going in that 2010 era with uh, the Toronto City Saints, the Scarborough Centurions and the Brantford Broncos and just kind of formulating the club and um, actually we got quite a bit of support over from uh, different English teams sending us their old kit. Um, so if you look back uh, at some of the original kits in 2010, 2011, they're actually just super league kits that, uh, that teams had or training, training jerseys. And we played in those before we uh, got the funding to get our first, first round of jerseys. Yeah, I did notice that. I know um, it's not long before you guys release your, your kit for this year. And I've, I've been looking on social media. I mean, your first kit was, was from St. Helens. So I guess, is that kind of where the, the Saints element came from? Was it just kind of, it, it fitted in because that was the kit that you guys had or, or was it a little bit more to it than that? No, that was the exact reason. And if you look at, yeah, Scarborough, the Centurions, they gave, uh, they gave us kits. So they, they adopted the Centurions and uh, the Broncos as well for Brantford. So uh, there we, all the names have, have come from uh, English teams who supported us in the, in the, the get-go to try to develop rugby league in Ontario. No, that's amazing, and and look, I think it it's testament to kind of the wider, the wider family of rugby league that that we can do things like that, and and you know I I I'm always fascinated by where team names and and team cultures come from, and and I love the fact that you know it kind of came from something as as simple as I say simple, but it's, it's you know it's it's a nice gesture, but something as simple as getting a kit from from St Helens in the Super League, and and all of a sudden you know we we formed the Toronto City Saints. Um, from there, though, you guys, because your original kit was green, so it was the away kit from um, St. Helens, but you guys merged and went into a, a kind of a, a blue and white um, kit, you know, whether that was a, a white V or a, a, or a blue V. Um, was that to kind of sort of get you guys to distinguish away from kind of having a kit donated in the first place? Or, or was that just um, more related to, to kind of the state? Or, or what was the history behind, behind the colours? Um. I mean, the colors of Toronto are, are blue and white. Uh, if you look at the branding of the city, uh, everything's blue and white. And so we, we wanted to get, you know, a little bit more identity with the city. And when we had the funding, you know, we went, okay, let's get a, a classic V and let's get some blue and white. Um, you will see, uh, we did have a yellow kit for a year, which was, it was not, it was not our prettiest kit. That's for sure. Um, it, we, again, it was a kit. It was a, a given to us and, and we said, why not? Let's, let's chuck a Saints logo on it. But yeah, uh, we're really sticking with the blue and white. It, we think it looks nice as well on, on the field. And 
yeah, we're just trying to adopt kind of the city colors and get more branding that around the, uh, the Toronto aspect of the team. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, you know, the, the V is a, a real rugby league symbol. So I, I don't blame you guys for that. And, and look, we, we could be sat here in 10 years time, you guys having those shirts up in a clubhouse somewhere. Um, and, you know, we, we'd be kind of 20, 25 years into the, into the history of the club and, and, you know, who knows where, where we'll be from there. But obviously there is a, I guess, a, a slight elephant in the room when it comes to Toronto Rugby League. And, and it's something that I don't really want to kind of spend too much time on um, because I think it's fair to say the Wolfpack probably clouds Toronto Rugby League a little bit more than it should do, especially with the good stuff that, that the likes of you guys are doing. Um, what sort of impact when they were around did Toronto Wolfpack, if anything, have on you guys? Um, I think it, from a from a player's perspective, it probably didn't have the uh, impact we all thought it would. As active players, we thought it would drive a lot of people to the sport to, to join us. Uh, it probably didn't, but what it did do is it, it got a lot more people interested in rugby league in Toronto. Uh, so the Liberty Village, where the Wolfpack used to play, it's it's a pretty uh, young area of the city. It, it's kind of just like a college dorm for everybody who's 30 years old. Uh, and that's where the Wolfpack played and they had a lot of fans. And so, you know, we're trying to leverage that now. Uh, yeah. During the Wolfpack year, it really just got people, you know, when you said rugby league, you know, they, they understood uh, what you meant. Whereas, you know, prior to Wolfpack, when you, you said you played for the Saints, you're playing rugby league, uh, people would, naturally assume rugby union because they just had to be introduced to the sport. Um, so it has, it has given the, you know, opened up the envelope a little bit more so people understand the sport. Uh, but in terms of a player perspective, yeah, we, we probably could have leveraged it more or should have, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. No, that's fair. And and look, like I said, I don't want to kind of dwell on it too much because we had to talk about the, the city saints and all the good stuff that you guys are doing. Um have you guys, since I guess the Toronto Wolfpack have gone, have you guys seen a bit more interest in, in what you're doing um, with you essentially being the, the premier team in the, in the city right now? Yeah. Um, and that's actually, that's a big focus for us. Uh, a big focus for us is to, you know, capture the different Wolfpack fans. There's some really loyal fans to rugby league in the city. They love the sport and there's, there's a gap. Um, you know, prior to the Wolfpack as well, there was, when the Wolverines are hosting international tests, they get five or 6,000 people down to Lamport. Um, and so we want to try to capture that and get people interested in coming out to Lamport, coming out to, to watch our games and, you know, identify with the Toronto city saints now as their rugby league team. Hmm. No, exactly. And, and I guess also, you, you, you know, you've touched there as well in terms of the international scene. Um, I know there's some guys that, that have played for the saints that have gone on to play for Canada. Is that, is that kind of the, not the stepping stone, but is that the the route that you want want to kind of have players take? If if obviously if they if that's what they want to do, if they just want to play rugby, great. But if they want to progress further and actually go and play for the national team, um, is that something that you guys are, are actively encouraging? Yeah, so that, that's our, our goal. Our goal is you know, this year's the World Cup qualifiers down in Jamaica in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, our goal is to provide the most Canadian domestic players to to the national team. Um, and our, and our goal is to provide them that footprint. I mean, a lot of, you know, there's some really good sports, um, talent in the city and there's people who play rugby union or people who play other sports who can transition to rugby league and 
get a foothold with us and then get an opportunity to play, you know, for the Wolverines. Uh, we have a couple of ex-football players, a couple of ex-basketball players that have converted over and been, you know, pretty successful at rugby league. And a couple of those guys have gone on to, to play uh, for the Wolverines. Sure. And I think just for the, the audience's benefit as well, obviously, when we talk about football, we're not just necessarily talking about American football. Obviously, you've got Canadian football as well. Um, do you find a lot of a lot of athletes or players coming across from, from gridiron, you know, whether that is American or, or Canadian football? Um, yeah, I would say a lot of our players played football, uh, you know, Canadian football in high school. Um, they also played rugby union in, in high school. And then once they got out of university or once they got out of high school, they, there's this natural kind of fit with rugby league where it's kind of the hybrid of both in, in some aspects. Mm. Um, and, it, and it fits well. So yeah, we've seen quite a few come over and a lot of, you know, a lot of the new people who come out and try it, um, when we have, you know, days to come out and just try rugby league, there are people who played football and they see it's a contact sport and they want to get back into you know, some contact sport in their adult life. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And look, this is probably where the conversation might break down a little bit um, and you might just hang up. I mean, I, I follow the, the Tiger Cats over in Hamilton. So we'll, we'll move swiftly on from that when it comes to uh, Canadian football. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of Ontario Rugby League, so look, I mentioned at the kind of the top of the, the show, if you like, we've had Western Canada on and, and that was that was just prior off the top of my head, it was just prior to COVID um, when obviously those guys were coming over and, and playing Ontario, playing the, the Eastern side. But it feels like Ontario Rugby League has changed significantly. It's probably the way I'd describe it over the last sort of 10 to 15 years. But it's always felt like the Saints have always been a staple of that. And they've always kind of, you know, if, if you talk about talk to anyone in, in Rugby League circles about Ontario Rugby League, yes, obviously we've, we've mentioned the Wolfpack. But the next name that, that comes along or, or the name that people talk about now is, is the Saints. So what do you think it is about the Saints? And, and kind of talk to me about the history of the club that's kept you at the forefront of rugby league in the state. I, I think the, the reason for that is probably the leadership group. Um, you know, early on, it's, it's Jamie Lester who had a lot to do with the Wolverines. He was Wolverines coach and, and he was really, really passionate about growing the game. Uh, getting new new people into the game and, and keeping it topical, uh, motivating people through the winter. You know, if it's indoor touch, if it's you know whatever it is, keeping us as a team kind of together. Mm. And then the same thing goes for the kind of the next set of leadership group. There's uh, we've kind of shifted now. We got you know Nick Hales, who's represented the Wolverines for for quite some time, and he's been the club president for you know five six years now. And, and Dave Astley, who actually. He played for the uh, the Lionhearts against the Wolverines and against uh, wow. the Saints, and then now he's uh, he's over here and and he's been with us for yeah five years now. And, and then um, there's a couple more. You know, we've got a staple kind of crew of five six guys that have are really taking on that leadership aspect. And each of us has a different responsibility. If it's you know organizing a kit, if it's organizing the fields, if it's making sure we have you know our playbooks and all that. And, and I think it's it's just that, you know, keeping it topical and making sure that people understand that, you know, we're not going away, even if the game, you know, the game volume in Ontario has definitely gone down, right? We used to have a six-team competition at one time, and, and now we're down, well, we're up to three this year with Brandon's introduction, but we want to yep. get back to six. Uh, 
So yeah, I think that's I think that's really it. Just you know the leadership for keeping it topical and, and keeping our brand out there and having new kits and not just relying on an old kit, even though we could. Hmm. No, I get that. And look, I've seen a lot of um, activity on social media from you guys when it comes to sponsors, and and it looks like you're really making an impact in the in the local community as well when it comes to sponsors and and getting you know those kind of vital sides on board that people probably don't realize how much effort that it is needed for that kind of thing. I mean, what, what sort of thing are you guys doing when it comes to sponsors and, and kind of, um, you know, committee meetings and that kind of idea, I, I'm assuming it's taken a lot of your guys' time to put them in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the sponsors, it, you know, we're really fortunate that we've got quite a few Canadian brands, uh, local to Toronto that want to sponsor us. Uh, you know, we've, we've leveraged some relationships we have through work or relationships through, we have through community. Uh, like we have a Australian themed uh, cafe, uh, the Sydney grind that, that, you know, they're our official cafe of, of the saints and it's cause they, they know rugby league and they just, they jumped on board. That story kind of replicates with all of our other sponsors. You know, they, they hear about what we're trying to do in the community and trying to get the sport back. They've heard of the wolf pack and they go, look, I'm, I'm in, I, I'm in for the saints and I'm in to get you guys to grow. Um, so they've been, they've been good to us. Uh, all of our sponsors across, there's a couple more we're going to announce this week as well. Uh, which is, which is really good. Uh, and again, that it takes us committing to them to provide some value for them in terms of exposure, mm-hmm. but also, you know, we're going to go down there. We're going to take some photos and when we get our kid in and make sure that they have, you know, some photos and, and, some memories and they come out to our games and they get some recognition for what they've done to, to make the saints happen this year. Yeah. And I think that's key. You know, if you can, if you can have sponsors that buy into the ethos of the, of the brand and ethos of the club, you know, it certainly goes a long way. And once you've got that kind of mutual relationship of, we're going to give you some exposure, for example, being on the front of our, our kit, but actually, you know, we can also, like you just said there, we can come down to the cafe, we can have photographs, you know, the, the players can have coffee there weekly, whatever it is. And I mean, from my own personal experience, I mean, I, I'm currently coaching at uh, Nottingham Outlaws women's team. And, and look, I, I don't get involved as heavily as I probably should do in stuff like sponsorships. Um, and I'm probably a little bit grateful for that because I understand how difficult that can be. So look, it's not a, it's no mean feat by any stretch of the imagination, but you guys are clearly taking the right steps for, for longevity as well. Um, I mean, in terms of, of the city itself, I know obviously we, we've spoken a little bit about Ontario Rugby League, but the city of Toronto is is one of, well, obviously it's the biggest in terms of population when, when we come to Canada, but it's one of the biggest cities in the world, let's be fair. How much um, does that help you guys when it comes to recruiting players and or does it, or does it hinder a little bit the fact that the city is so big and it's so populous that that potentially rugby gets pushed down the ladder a little bit? Um, I think I think probably the biggest hindrance is, is uh, geographically. Um, there's kind of in the winter time here. You know, I'm, I'm looking outside right now and it's it's snowing um, and we have to play indoors and there's all these different sports that are trying to occupy the indoor dome time, uh, which re- which really drives up the price of it uh, and the accessibility. I mean, you have to book months in advance to make sure you can get a dome slot. And if you don't book months in advance, then you end up with a, with a dome slot on the Eastern side of the city. So it's an hour and a half drive for some of our players or on the Western side. So it's an hour and a half from the other guys. So um, that's probably one of the biggest issues is just 
geographically, you know, Toronto is a big area and we try to play centrally in the summertime when uh, we can play outside and, and get a you know, pitch. But in the wintertime, the dome, the domes really uh, kind of hinder our progress in the winter. Mm. And I think some people, you know, outside of Canada or outside of um, Northern USA, especially, we don't see that issue, if that makes sense. So, you know, we, we might we might follow the NFL or we might follow Canadian football or, or you know, the NHL, for example, in indoor. Um, I mean, I know there's there are stadium games that are outside and, and we probably don't appreciate how much you guys do actually have to, for want of a better word, battle with the elements. Yeah, OK, we, we get rain and it rains in England probably 300 days of the year. Um, but we might get the odd bit of snow and the odd bit of, of ice, etc. But you guys are a months on end training indoors and and do you feel that 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 kind of affects how you guys then play when it comes to to being outdoors in the summer or do you think because because you guys are canadian you're used to it um no i think it 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 definitely impacts us um i mean one of the you know one of the biggest impacts is is kicks right the dome's only so high or or if we're doing a session in in a gym uh like a basketball you know, gym or whatever, uh, we, we end up, you know, you, you can't kick as high as you want. And so our, our game's probably tailored when we get outside, you know, we haven't caught any high balls that are higher than, you know, 20 feet high because they're you sure. hit the top of the dome. Um, so that definitely impacts us. The domes are heated, which is nice. So, uh, you know, we can still play expanse. <laughs> we still play expansive inside, but, you know, we, we lose the aspect of, you know, full length pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. We lose the aspect of full width pitch as well. So, you know, we probably play a bit more compressed, which is probably why we play a bit more through the middles um, because we focus on, you know, playing a bit more compressed because we just don't have the space until we get outdoors and then we can, you know, try to play a bit more expansive. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And look, you know, we, we can have as much preseason as you like until we're actually, as players, as, as coaching staff, et cetera, actually stepping out on that field for that first game. You know, there's there's only so much preparation you can you can have, and it doesn't doesn't matter what sport you you play in. There's always going to be kind of teething issues at the beginning of a of a season, and and I think you've you've probably hit the nail on the head there. There's probably a few more that you guys have got to contend with um, and sort of prepare players for, like you know stuff like you've just said there, the, the kick in, the fact that we're not playing as wide as as potentially we we want to, um, and then. You know, people that are, that are going down to games and may see that that sort of progresses as we get into the summer. As you start to train outside and and actually kind of hit the ground running a little bit a little bit more. Now, you touched a little bit earlier with regards to historically we had a, a six team competition. This year it's going to be a three team competition. Um, there is a new team coming in in, in twenty twenty three. So we've got the Brampton Beavers, um, which. I don't think you could ask for a more Canadian name than that, um, than, than maybe the Canucks or, you know, yeah. So we had a, again, before we, we kind of came on air, we, we had a little chat um, of something that I wasn't aware of until very, very recently. So the Brampton Beavers are being headed up by, by a gentleman called Matty Barron. So Matty used to play over here in the UK for, for Gateshead Thunder as it was then and, and into Newcastle Thunder, um, Welsh International, and then obviously now lives over, over in Canada. Surely, a team like the Brampton Beavers, now don't get me wrong, they're going to be a, a bit of an unknown entity for you guys, but surely it's only a good thing to help grow Rugby League, you know, in and around what, what you guys are doing as well. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, I mean, they've been, we've been playing some rugby league for the last uh, probably two years or during COVID when, uh, when we were trying to host sessions in the bubble or uh, whatever the restrictions were, uh, we've been hosting sure. sessions at the Brampton Rugby Union Club. And that's where uh, Matty Barron was. He was at the, their rugby union club. And then, you know, he got a, he got a sniff of rugby league in Canada. And then next thing you know, you know, he, he was eager to start the Brampton Beavers, which is fantastic for us. And, and I think they'll actually be a, a pretty good side because they've got a, uh, I think a lot of their players are going to cross codes from union to, uh, to lead for this season upcoming. Uh, one of the things that we kind of battle here in, uh, is rugby union is a summer sport in Ontario um, and rugby league. If it's a summer sport, it's tough to get guys to play 80 minutes on uh, Saturday and then 80 minutes on Sunday. Sure. Uh, you know, you're not as fresh on, on Sunday morning if you're playing league. Whereas uh, out in BC, you know, the union seasons in the winter and the league seasons in the summer. So they, they can kind of draw from the same player pool without having to ask them to play two, two games on a weekend. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think I think Brampton's going to be really good, and I actually think they're they're going to be a pretty good competitive side. I'm going to be go out there and say that uh, their biggest test is going to be the Saints uh, when they come up against then when they come up against us. And I know we've had a bit of a rivalry on uh, social media already, and I think that'll continue. Yeah, and I think you know I I think stuff like that I, a healthy rivalry is is really strong and it's is really good for the for the sport and it's really good for you know when it when it comes to the on field product and. You know, for me, the reason I love rugby league so much is is for those rivalries, and you know, you you give blood, sweat, tears for eighty minutes on the field, and then you know, off the field, you go and have a beer with someone, um, and it's almost like it feels like you've got that going into war or going into battle mentality and that tribal mentality, but then off the field, you put your arm around someone and go, yeah, great game. Um, so I I wait with bated breath, and you know, I'm really excited about those games and. In terms of the games themselves, are you guys looking? Is that going to be a little bit too far this year? Sorry, can you repeat that? I missed that. Sorry, I was just saying. In terms of the games this year, are you guys looking to live stream them, or or is that going to be kind of too much of a stretch this year? Uh, there's going to be some that are going to be live streamed um, when we're hosting teams that are coming over uh, from America or any teams that are coming over uh, touring teams. There's a couple that we might have uh, coming over, which is really fantastic for us, but we're going to try to get those streamed uh, to get, again, the Saints platform out there. Our, our domestic games with uh, within the ORL, Ontario Rugby League, we don't know if those will be streamed yet. That's probably not. It'll be highlights for sure, but I don't know if they'll be live streamed. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll certainly look out for those, and, and obviously we can share those with the listeners as well, you know, if they're interested. Um, but you, you just touched there in terms of, teams potentially coming over from America and that, that was kind of that leads nicely onto my next question I guess I mean I, I spend a lot of time on social media probably too much time on social media I'll be honest um, but I spend a lot of time on social media and a date for the diaries and this is not April Fool's but it is April the 1st we've got a double header down in Cleveland with Cleveland Rugby League now Cleveland Rugby League we've we've had Monte Gaddis on the on the podcast before um, but Cleveland Rugby League were involved in the the NARL or, or what was going to be the NARL, and obviously that's not come to fruition. Um, but first of April, we've got you guys traveling down to Cleveland to go and play them. How how did that come about, and, and what's your kind of initial thoughts on the game itself? 
Uh, it's probably been long overdue. I mean, if you look back, uh, there's been some Saints uh, players tweeting at Monte Gattis telling his team to come up and battle the Saints more than more than once for the last couple of years. Uh, and on the back of us going down to play the Boston 13s uh, in October, uh, you know, we want to cement that the Saints, you know, are the best team in, in especially the Northeast. Uh, but we want to cement that we're the best team uh, in North America as a club team. And I think that only happens by taking on more, more teams. And the open challenge was given. Uh, Cleveland responded. And, you know, we had this, this conversation. There was talk of it being indoors in the dome in the winter, um, which we held off on. Uh, we played indoors before, you know, cost and uh, access for fans and all that. And so Monte, myself, and a couple others, we had, you know, a couple calls. And we, we knocked down the date of April Fool's. Uh, day not being a joke and uh, so we're going down there uh, for the battle of the Great Lakes and, and first in club Cleveland Rugby League and I think it'll I think it'll be a really good game and you know they're promoting it lots uh, internally down in Cleveland and they've got I think they've got uh, some other uh, sports networks picking it up some local sports networks uh, having reporters down at the game and we're doing a bit of a media day before uh, you know Monte's really good at, at, on social media and really good at promoting events um, something you know we're working on as the Saints, um, so we got some things to learn from him. But I think it'd be a really good game. I mean, if I was Cleveland, I'd be doing extra fitness because I think the Saints, <laughs> the Saints boys, the Saints boys are ready to go down to Cleveland. I can tell you that. I like that. I like the fighting talk. And and look, I know there's a there's a few teams out there, and there's a few things we're not going to get into the politics of it, but there's a few things going on in America. Um, you know, we've we've got teams popping up left, right, and center. You know, we've had Oregon, we've had Music City Rugby League, we've had um, you know, stuff going on in California. There's a new United um rugby league championship that I've seen with with Delaware and, and Brooklyn, etc. But I think like you've just said there, if you guys can can kind of become the 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 go to team in North America and, and the team to beat. You know that that can only be a good thing, and and to have teams to strive to to beat you guys, or 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 at least to play you guys, that's that's the main thing. But you, you mentioned there, so you are you trying to get more games with American teams as well, just to to pad the the year out? Yeah, I, I think there's going to be um, pending fields, pending just making sure um, we can nail some dates down. But I, I think there's going to be probably at least three games in Toronto this year. Um, through to the fall of American teams coming. And then I think not to be announced yet, but I, I, it's pretty solidified. I think there's going to be a team coming from overseas to battle the Saints, um, which I'm really excited about. So, you know, we're trying to make those big games, you know, host them down at Lamport, get fans out, get the Wolfpack fans out and make an event of it. Um, you know, have our sponsors come out, set up a, a tent on you know, whatever they are. If it's our coffee sponsor or our official beer, you know, get people to have a beer and, and watch rugby league and, uh, enjoy it kind of kind of like what the Wolfpack did they had a good game day atmosphere and let's try to try to replicate that to uh, some degree yeah definitely and and that sounds exciting and and look watch this space when it comes to a, an overseas team definitely a, you know that's the first I've kind of officially heard of it which is really really strong um, and yeah agreed you know if, if you can get the games down at Lamport and Unfortunately, I, I I did get to see a Toronto Wolfpack game, but it was over here. Um, I didn't get to see anything over in Lamport, but from what I've heard, the atmosphere was great. The you know the um, almost tailgating, for want of a better word, not quite, but the, the tailgating yeah. was 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 you know 
quintessential North American, and and that is that is what we need. You know, like you've just said there, we need we need tents with coffee huts, we need barbecue stands, we need people buying local beer and and enjoying themselves and actually making an event of it's not just eighty minutes on the field. It's we're going to be here an hour before and we could be here for three four hours afterwards. You know, um, and I think that's what some people in Australia and some people in the UK don't quite can't quite grasp because when we go and watch sports try to rush off to get into their car whereas you guys you guys actually make an event of it so if you can do that with a team for example coming over from from um from overseas then that that can only be a good thing and look um sign me up it's um let me know and 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 i'll definitely be be down for coming over for a beer um i mean it could be the most expensive beer i've ever bought but um <laughs> but I'd, I'd definitely be down for that um so look we, we've talked and touched on on kind of the north american side and and the getting teams over for you guys going down to play play teams in america is it kind of does it help you guys that canadian rugby league or canada rugby league allow you to have that autonomy to to be able to organize your own fixtures outside of of Canadian competitions as well. Does that benefit you guys a bit more than, than kind of being restricted? I, I know it sounds a bit of a, a rhetorical question because surely everyone sits and goes, yeah, of course it does. But but how does it benefit you guys, I guess, is more the question. Yeah, I think uh, kudos to them for letting us kind of go rogue and challenge anyone and invite anybody to, to come to Toronto and uh, for us to you know be able to go down to Boston or be able to go down in Cleveland. Uh, it, it really allows us, I mean, what we're trying to grow is not only the fan base, but we're trying to grow the player base so that, you know, maybe in two years time, the ORL is five or six teams and we get fans bought into that as well. And they're, you know, we have local Brampton fans with a Brampton Beavers jersey or a Beavers costume on pitch side. And uh, I think for us, it, it starts by having, you know, these games against Cleveland, right. That historically maybe, you know, eight, 10 years ago, there was uh, issues, with the U S teams playing Canadian teams, uh, you know, there's always been some apprehension and getting it approved or sanctioned. And so far uh, the Canadian national organization has been really good to the Saints, letting us uh, have people come to us and endorsing this. And I know our um, kind of national coaches and they want more games, right? More games against different competitors. They don't want us just playing you know, the same 60 or 80 guys uh, in Ontario, they want us to take on Monte Gattis. They want us to take on the Robin Pews. They want us to take on Ryan Burrows and, you know, the likes of those teams. Yeah, definitely. And and look, it can only be um, beneficial for, for the Canadian national team as far as I see it. I mean, the only issue I have is now in my head, all I can see is Matty Barron in a, in a uh, beaver costume. And that is not um, a pretty sight and not something that someone wants to see. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of the Saints themselves, then, so we're talking, we've talked about sponsors, we've talked about the history of the club. Where do you see the Saints going in 2023? And kind of, is there a, a five to ten year plan for the for the club itself? Uh, 2023, I think by the end of 2023, I think the goal is that people are talking about us, people are impressed about what we've done in terms of the amount of games, the amount of local engagement in terms of sponsorships, in terms of businesses that are at bottom on board. Uh, that's kind of our goal for 23 and us getting as many players from a player perspective onto that Canadian roster. 
um, that's going to go down to Jamaica and fight for one of the, one of the two world cup spots. Um, the five to 10 year vision, I think it's a vision that has to be jointly made with the ORL and jointly made yeah. with what we're going to be doing domestically here. Um, uh, from a saints perspective, I can tell you, you know, five years from now, I'd like to have us have five ORL championships, um, and, you know, be undefeated. And I think we can do that. Um, but I think overall, I'd like to see summer 24 us have, you know, probably two or three uh, international teams come over and tour, come to Lamport, have that game day atmosphere and just start to start to really build Canadian rugby league back on the map in the Ontario, uh, sphere, uh, internationally. Definitely. And, and look, I think there's so much potential in North America, but in particular, Canada, you know, we, we don't have the, and I'm, I'm probably going to speak out of turn a little bit here, but we don't have the infight that we potentially have in the USA. Um, you know, it is a lot more open, like you touched on there, in terms of you guys being able to play um, teams from abroad or teams from, from the US. And the biggest issue I see with, with Canadian Rugby League is the size of the country. Um, you know, it would be great if someone, some millionaire, you know, The Rock, obviously he's just started the XFL up again. If he turned around and said, look, I'm going to invest in, in Canadian Rugby League. And we had, I guess, um, regionalised competitions that, that then led into a national kind of final or a, a national bowl kind of thing, um, or a great cup uh, for, for you Canadians out there. But that, that for me, is, is probably the biggest stumbling block. Would you agree in terms of, of rugby league itself is, is actually the size of, yes okay we've talked about the weather but the size of the country probably doesn't help either yeah i mean uh it's you know we're we're pretty close distance we're about the equal distance uh, on our east coast to england as we are to our west coast sure so sure. you know we, we have like for the states we've got a couple of players who uh, are coming from different provinces who you know there are provinces that we're trying to get rugby league up and going. So we've got a player coming in from Quebec uh, where we're trying to slowly get a, a Quebec team going. And we've also got a player coming, coming in from Halifax, Nova Scotia, where uh, actually rugby league was the official kind of high school sport um, in Nova Scotia in the forties and into the fifties. Um, yeah. It, it was actually played by, you know, hundreds and hundreds of high school kids and, it was predominant before the Canadian football came in and kind of took it away. So wow. tip a little tip in a history there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's something I, I, I was completely unaware of. And, and, you know, I, I think that's really cool. And it's sad at the same time that, that we don't have rugby league in, in Nova Scotia right now, but if there's anyone listening in, in Nova Scotia in, in Labrador um, and kind of those areas all the way out, out East, Please, please, please! I implore you to um, to start up a rugby league team. Um, and look, if if they don't do it, I'll I'll jump on a plane and do it myself. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so in terms of the Saints themselves, with you guys being a in like we've mentioned, one of the biggest cities in the world, never mind North America. Um, how do people get involved? What what do you guys need as a club as as we go forward? I know we're very early on in twenty twenty three. Look, we're nearly into March. Um, so yes, okay, we're we're kind of nearly a, a quarter of the way through the year, but when it comes to rugby league, when it comes to sport, we're very fresh um, in the year. What do you guys need? If if I was a, I guess it's, it's kind of two questions here. If I was a player, if I was a, a coach or a volunteer, what what would I need to do to get involved in the in the Saints? Um, to get involved in whatever aspect you, you want to get involved, I mean, send us a, a message on Twitter, a message on Instagram. 
a message on Facebook, whatever it may be. I think, you know, one of the things that we found so valuable is kind of the expat community. If it's uh, guys like Matty Barron or guys like Jamie Lester, or Ben Fleming, um, all people who play the, play the sport professionally, uh, they have that next level of coaching. They have that next level of understanding of the game. And if there's anybody out there, young or old, that's, you know, played rugby league and is living in the GTA, come out, you know, come out to a practice. We'll use the extra hands. We'll use the extra knowledge to, to just hone those skills. Uh, and then in terms of any other support, I mean, if it's uh, any other connections with, with media, with uh, just to build the exposure of the sport, um, the Saints are keen. We're keen to, you know, jump on podcasts like this. This opportunity is fantastic. And, you know, talk a bit about us and just get some buzz in the, in the city. Uh, so I think, you know, we're really open to lots of opportunities, whatever it may be. And, you know, you want us to come down to a school and, you know, pass a rugby league ball around with a bunch of kids in gym class. I mean, we'd be happy to do that too. I mean, we're, we're keen to give back as well. Kind of like, you know, you can see Monte Gattis does some great stuff with the little leaguers. And if that's how we get rugby league growing, we're happy to do that and facilitate that. So anybody who's got any opportunity or options for us, we're happy to have a conversation. Yeah, and I think that's key to be able to to be open to that. And and you know, I think sometimes we we get clubs all over the world. Doesn't matter what sport it is that that are closed off to to new opportunities. Um, is there anything specifically that you guys need? You know, if someone's listening right now, that you guys need when it comes to the club. Obviously, you know, sponsorship's great, but is there anything specific that that you guys are looking out for still as we go into twenty twenty three? I think for. Uh... For us, I mean, we had a, an ex-NRL uh, referee give us some balls. Um, balls are extremely hard to get over here. It sounds, you know, oh, just go online and order them from a provider. Um, it's easier said than done. It seems that the uh, the shipping fees alone are, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars on the import fees. So mm-hmm. a ball, ball ends up, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars per ball. Um, wow. So, that, if, you know, what we do is if anybody's going over to England or Australia, we, we tell them to get, you know, get balls. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a big, that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, when, you know, when you're playing with a, a fresh game ball, you play a lot better versus sure. playing with, you playing with a, you know, a student that's been around for 10 years. I mean, if that's all we have, that's fine. We'll play with that. But, you know, we love to, to use a fresh game ball every game uh, and then implement that ball for training, right? It would just allow us to play that much better. So I think if there is anybody listening out there that has any connections that way, that'd be fantastic. And then, I think long-term, um, you know, Canada used to have a relationship with uh, a couple overseas clubs uh, just to have people out there train and trial a little bit um, in a professional environment, learn a little bit. Uh, I got an opportunity to go over to Keithley with uh, another Saints player uh, to go over to the Cougars there for, for a little while and train with them. Um, so anything like that as well, you know, any opportunities, we're, we're eager to explore that. And if you're looking to, to grow your fan base, I know there's now – uh, five or six, ten Cougars fans overseas in Toronto because we went over there uh, and talked about how great our experience was. Yeah, exactly. I think if you can have that kind of mutual, um, not admiration, but that mutual benefit to each other, I'm sure there's there's players over here, that, you know, that that want the life experience of of going and traveling abroad, whether that is Australia. You know, they could be thinking about going to Australia and playing rugby league. I'd, I'd encourage them to go to North America and play rugby league and, and go and play at, at Toronto City Saints, you know, see another city that, that potentially you might never see um, and another part of the world that 
that again you you know you, you might not have thought of i mean i'm just looking here in in my office where i'm recording today and we just talked about balls there's a ball um so i've got a couple of shelves on the wall um and there's a ball up there that is a probably to be fair a 10 15 year old steeden um from back when the championship used to be the cooperative championship so i i know exactly what you're saying when it comes to to kind of having a fresh for want of a better word sticky ball um, yeah. i'm not sure if that's the right thing to say or if i can say that at all um but but, but to have a, <laughs> um you know it's only what is what is it it's only quarter to 11 in in uh, in toronto so we need to kind of keep it clean um so <laughs> but yeah to, to have a fresh fresh rugby ball i should say um in your hands it, it makes a huge difference and and i think sometimes clubs in australia and and the uk and you know europe etc probably take it a little bit for granted it's it's like the the american football teams over here that that end up not having a full kind of pigskin leather uh, for want of a better word wilson ball when they when they're playing american football whereas you know you go into any high school any college in in north america and it's just a given that that that's what you've got um so you know we we all have um challenges that we've we've got to kind of cross when it comes to equipment when when people probably don't realize that that we've got those challenges anyone you know listening that, that is in the uk or heading over to to toronto um and you want to do something for the for the club please uh please pack a couple of stevens in your um in your suitcase um or in your hand luggage and and get those over there definitely um so look, I've probably droned on in your ears for for far too long, um, but but as ever with the with the podcast and and with any guests that come on the podcast, the final question and it's it's not necessarily a final question, but the final word always goes to to the guest. So from from a um, Toronto City Saints perspective, is there anything that you want to add or anything that that kind of you want to get out there on behalf of the club? Uh, the only thing I'd add is if there's, you know, any clubs uh, overseas, England, France, Australia, uh, Scotland, Wales, whatever it may be, uh, that are listening and looking for, you know, two or 24 or 25 that they want to have, you know, a, a good game and a nice social tour in, in Toronto, um, you know, send us a message. We're, we're keen to host uh, whoever it may be, teams from the States, teams from uh, overseas. We're, we're happy to host and, uh, start those discussions now for 24, 25. And so we can start to, to keep building that fan base. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. And, you know, look, I'll, I'll be, I'll be down at uh, not your outlaws on Wednesday. And that'll be the first thing I'll say to them um, more from a selfish perspective. Um, but look, Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and, and getting to know yourself and getting to know the, the Toronto city saints a little bit better. And, and it really is genuinely appreciated you coming on the podcast and, and taking your time out to, to come and speak to me. Um, but look, all the very best for, for 2023. And, and I'll be keeping an eye out and, and probably retweeting every tweet. So um, if you get sick of me, all you, all you have to do is block me. That's fine. Um, but, but look, all the best for, for 2023. And I'm sure it's going to be a really positive next couple of years for the Saints. Um, and like I say, really appreciate you coming on. Um, and hope uh, hope testing goes well this afternoon. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much. Uh, you know, the Saints, myself, uh, our whole club, and I think everybody uh, in Ontario appreciates uh, the opportunity to speak on a podcast like this. So thanks so much. And uh, yeah, this hopefully the testing goes well. Absolutely. Well, look, enjoy it, and uh, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Bye now. Cheers, Andrew.